get rid of that. Whew, praise the Lord. It's good to be in church this morning. May uh, God help you this morning to be encouraged. I'm going to talk a little bit about um, one of my favourite things in the world, sport and participating. I'm just going to lengthen this a little bit. As you can see by the, by the Bible passage we read, 1 Corinthians 9, I'm going to explore this a little bit. I, I don't know if you know this, but I used to be a very good sports person. True, when I was in high school, I won multiple awards for things like marbles. And, no, I won awards for volleyball. Um, I was a captain of the football team in high school. Um, excelled at basketball to a certain age and then was just too short. And even in my old age, I still like watching sport. Did you see Parramatta last night defeat Melbourne? It was very good. Praise the Lord for that. But I want to talk about 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to read those few verses again, and then we'll get started. And I'm going to try and do something a little bit different this morning to help you uh, understand where I'm going, and I hope it'll be a help and encouragement to you. But 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24 says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run not as, as uncertainly, so fight I not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. I'm going to pray and ask God to help me this morning and then we'll get into it. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to be in church. I'm thankful for the brethren meeting willingly and uh, choosing to be here this morning. Um, I thank you for that and pray, pray you bless them for that. Help me as I have a look at these verses. Pray that you'd help me to do justice in explaining what I can, what I've gotten out of it, and may it help those who are here this morning and those who may be listening online. May you use your word to give them what they need for their life today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd planned to preach this a few weeks ago, um, but just due to health, we decided to postpone when I preached. But I'd geared it around when the Olympics were on. I'm not sure if you watched much of the Olympics while it, was, um, while it was happening in Tokyo. I know my wife enjoyed it immensely. Um, every time I put it on, she'd go, yay, the Olympics again. <laughs> so as soon as you say yay, like yay, obviously she really enjoyed it. But <laughs> it was good to see um, how Australia performed in the Olympics. I'm not sure if you, if you kept up to date with, with the medal tally. We won 17 gold medals, which to me is very good for a nation who only has... Uh, a, quite a small population compared to land size and compared to other countries in the world who normally dominate the gold medal tally. Australia did very, very well. And I think uh, uh, their, their abilities and their, and their talents were put to good use. And we did really good. I enjoyed, while I was watching the Olympics and, and, and the different things, I enjoyed learning about some of the, of the journeys of the athletes that they took to get to where they were. Um, and... It, Often it's not always just a, a plain sailing sort of story. There are, there are always things that, that, that you can learn. And in particular, I remember hearing about 
the Australian man who won bronze medal in the surfing, that only six years before he had a, a very bad surfing accident that left him with brain damage. And they, weren't, and they weren't sure whether he was going to be able to walk. And in those six years, managed to recover and then get back on the board and get to a point where he could compete in the Olympics and won a bronze medal. He was over the moon. There was um, a backstroker for Australia who lost her dad last year. And I guess if the Olympics were happening in the right year, her dad may have obviously got to see her compete. But uh, through circumstances and, and through her, obviously through sorrow and, and, and mourning, she managed to still keep going and won, and won some gold medals. And then, and then later in the competition, I, I remember reading about, um, I think it was Twins for Australia, who were going to compete in the BMX uh, races. And before the Olympics were, um, uh, before the time of the Olympics, the boy of the, it was a brother and sister, and, and the brother had a major accident in a BMX race and left him with, um, looks like, some permanent uh, sort of damage. And through that, the sister was competing, I guess, on his behalf because they were both in it. They both were, were able to compete, and uh, she was now competing for the whole family. And it just kind of inspired you to see what people go through and the challenges that people endeavour to go through to reach the pinnacle of their chosen sport. I think of um, Kyle, uh, Kyle Chalmers, who, who won silver medal in the 100, free, 100 freestyle, made the comment um, post-race interview, he was at the pool and they had their distance and, 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 the, and, the, um, and the reporter was talking to him and Kyle Chalmers made this uh, a comment that he had left all in the pool. He couldn't do any more. He had done the very best that he could do and he only just missed out on the gold medal by, by mere a milliseconds. Now our text in 1 Corinthians 9 gives us a great insights into the world of athletics and sports. There are some great truths uh, are explained here for us to learn and the spiritual application uh, is explained for us in verse 25. It says, And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we are an incorruptible. You think about any sport, any athletics, the Olympics, those that compete are, 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 are competing for, I guess, a gold medal or a trophy or the rights to be the best in their, in their sport. But that's a corruptible thing. One, you know, when they die, they can't take the gold medal with them. It will perish. But we go through the journey of life as a Christian, not that we may obtain a gold medal, a physical thing, but that we may obtain an incorruptible crown. Things that we can have rewards in heaven. And I'll talk a little bit about that a, a little bit later. Now, I'm going to explore just briefly this morning some lessons that we can learn from this passage and the application that can help us achieve more for Christ in our, in our spiritual lives. Before I get into the, into the core of the message, I'm going to ask, ask Brother Danny to come and join me on stage. I'm going to interview, I'm going to interview Brother Danny. We're going to sit on the chair. You can sit on the other side there, bro. I'm, I'm going to take this side. And I've done this purposely because I've thought about it I'm not sure if those of you know I'm Brother Danny, but he uh, uh, has been now, I guess, a runner for quite a while. And 
I admire the things that he's been able to do. Um, he can do far more than I can. And I've got a few questions I want to ask him that we can relate to what I'm going to look at this morning. And I thought it would be good to come from someone who does it, someone who actively is competitive and, and runs because he enjoys it. So, uh, so, Brother Danny, thank you for being on Paul's couch this morning. And, uh, no and uh, I'm no Olympian, that's for sure. Oh, you never know. Um, I'm just going to ask you a few questions and if, if you can maybe just answer as, as clearly as possible. Um, what was it that got you into running in the first place? Uh, I'd say that I, I guess uh, a fair few years ago now I was quite overweight uh, and I, I lost that weight uh, through diet only, but I realised that I was still very unfit. So uh, at that point there I got a uh, personal trainer who basically said, you need to do a lot more cardio. So I tried a few different things that I didn't like and then I just started running on a treadmill uh, and I just did that for 40 minutes a day. And then someone basically said, you should go to park run, which I did and I, I really liked it and that was that. Okay, good. So yes, yes, I said only mentioned he, he, he was a little bit overweight and, and he lost that weight, he gave it to me. So, uh, so thanks brother Danny, I really appreciate that. And. Uh, uh, your inspiration of that, I'll have to you know, try and do that as well. So what do you do? Uh, so, so at the moment, you're obviously now more a long-distance runner and, and you're even competing in, in marathons now, which, uh, which I'm amazed you know, that you can do that. But what do you do before a race to get ready? It starts, uh, for a marathon, it would start probably three months before. You start with a training plan. Uh, well, first of all, you've got to decide to do it. It's, it. it's probably the hardest thing is just to say, I'm going to do it, because you, you're realising the amount of training that you're about to do. But uh, you see, so first of all, you have that desire to do it. Uh, then you'll have a training plan, and you'll have a way you have to eat nutrition-wise, make sure you get plenty of rest, and then you just got to stick to that training plan. you just got to do it, rain, hail or shine, no matter what the temperature, just get out there and, and, and start running, basically. So... Since you've been involved in a marathon race, so obviously it's very difficult to do, have you enjoyed doing it? Yeah, I, I really enjoy the whole process. Uh, sometimes I don't enjoy getting up at 3am, but um, I really enjoy the whole process of running, the training, uh, seeing the changes in my body, the results you get, and obviously then finishing and getting a personal best. It's okay, awesome. good. That's great. Now, obviously, when you're running the race, there are obviously going to be times when... Uh, actually during the race where maybe your body or your mind might want to say, I, I can't do this anymore. Is there anything that you do in particular to combat maybe giving up in a race? That's, it's an interesting one because I've got a couple of tactics there. Uh, the one of them, I've got a coach who, who, who I go get, get um, personal training from as well, but he's a runner and he, he's, he's always told me you've got to trust your training. So you've done all the hard yards, you've done everything, you've just got to trust that your body's going to be able to do what you're trying to do. And so that's one thing you just, I keep harkening back to that, thinking I need to trust that. And I'll tend to, if I'm running a marathon, for instance, I'll have certain points in a race where I'll tell myself, so at 14 Ks, I'll say you're a third of the way there. That's a third gone, keep going. The half marathon point's another point, you're halfway. And the other big one is at about, when you're in the late 30s, about 37, it's getting really hard then. And that's when I'll tell myself, oh, you've only got a park run to go. So <laughs> i just got little things like that that I've got. Okay, so, there are, so you've actually put in some place some certain strategies 
uh, uh, more than just the plan, but as you're running, there yeah, are some absolutely. things, some strategical things that you remind yourself that, that help you to finish. Having support come in. So on my last mm. my last marathon, um, my coach actually joined me in the last 10K, which was huge. That helped a lot just to have that person running alongside you and just setting a pace for you. Oh, good. So that support's good. What would you say is your main goal in running? Like, why is it now that you run? Number one is I really enjoy doing it now. I, I, uh, that's It's uh, excellent for stress relief. It's just really good time. I just... I'm just gone. If I've got things in my mind, when I go for a run, when I come back, they're gone. So that's somehow that just disappears. Um, also, also, I think striving to be better myself. So once I decide which race I want to, so whether it's a 10K or I'm going to do a half, I'll see what my previous best is and then my goal is to beat that. So I'll always just try and better my times, get do the best I can. Okay. And then one last question. Um, how has running helped you? either in your personal life, and I know when we spoke yesterday, there are some things maybe in your spiritual life that it's helped as well. Yeah, definitely uh, discipline. Uh, it has helped just being consistent in um, doing something that sometimes is not enjoyable because you have to get up early or you're, you're, you're hurting or you're tired. Um, but the discipline that I've learnt from just getting out and doing it and then getting the results of that discipline by getting a getting a really good time or, you know, um, getting a personal best, it paid off. So you, by being disciplined, you got great results. And I think that it just helped me in my own life to make sure I'm disciplined in other areas and then you get the results. And I really feel it's taught me that a lot. Um, it's also taught about myself just in regards to what I'm actually capable of. I, you know, I, I couldn't run 5K without stopping, not a chance, you know, five years ago. And to think now I can do a marathon without stopping, it's quite amazing. So... I've taught a, it's learned a, about myself. I've realised I can do things I never thought possible. So I guess uh, I was just thinking this just now. When you first started running, you didn't have marathons in mind at first. It was it was small steps. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. My my first thing was to get through forty minutes of cardio. I didn't even think about running or racing. I just found out it was the best cardio that I enjoyed doing. I tried the bike. I tried a few other things. I can't swim for nuts, so I thought oh, I'll be running then. So. Okay. Well, thank you, Brother Danny. I really appreciate that. Thank you for being on Paul's couch this morning. No worries, thank you. <laughs> All right. So I wanted to do that because I guess it kind of, when you hear it from someone who actually does it rather than just me telling you, it seems to make a lot more sense. All right. There are some real applications here that we can learn it, and I'll try and go through briefly because Brother Danny's kind of really said it all. And if you can think about the, the spiritual applications that you can get from that, it, you know, you can really make your own sermon out of this. But this morning, I'm just going to just just basically, um, I guess, go th basically out of these verses and, and and try and impart some truth to you. And I hope it is a blessing for you. So the first thing that I want you to think about when you when you look at this particular passage is I want you to think that you need to run all with passion. Run all with passion. Verse 24 tells us. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. We need to run all with passion. We don't need to be a spectator. If you're a spectator, that's one thing, but you need to be involved in the race. The first thing I want you to think about that is be enlisted. Understand that you are actually in a race. Um, they, the, the Bible says they're they that run a race. race. Whether you understand 
all the um, all of the parts of the race, whether you understand what sort of race it is or how far God wants you to run, God has placed you into the race. I think there are so many Christians who, I guess, just don't understand that and they're happy to be spectators. They're happy to sit back and watch the world go by and watch other Christians participate in this Christian race and are happy to spectate and maybe even cheer a little bit and maybe think in their minds, I'm glad it's not me that has to do that. We need to be enlisted into the race. You need to be willing to compete. What are you willing to do for God? Um, the whole idea is you don't need to uh, you don't need to start the marathon uh, as a marathon. As I, one of the things I asked, asked Brother Danny before is, did when you first started out, did you have a marathon in mind, or was it small steps? And it was just getting in on the treadmill. Um, since I had my heart attack, I've been doing a little bit of cardio rehab with with, um, um, with the physio. Forty minutes on a treadmill is something I would have to work towards. Believe it or not, my cardio physio is like five minutes on a treadmill just to get started, just to try and build the ability of my heart. And that may be you in the Christian life. You may need to start out small. You may need to just learn that I'm going to be involved in some corporate prayer. I'm going to get alone with someone and I'm going to invite someone to come and pray with me. Now, you might think, well, I've never done that before. That's a good way to get started. Start with some small steps and start to get involved with what God wants you to do. I don't feel like God wants any of us to really just to be spectators, but we need to be enlisted. The other thing about running all with passion is be excited. Be excited about the journey that God wants you to be on. I'm not sure if you saw the Olympics or maybe you saw it on the news, but I think it was when Ariana Titmus won uh, whichever event it was against against Katie Ledecky. Did you see the excitement of her coach? It was on the news. The guy with the long, long hair. And he was shaking things and he was, he, just, he went and walked away and he came back. He was so overwhelmed with what his, um, his sports person was doing. He was so excited about what was taking place that it overwhelmed him. And it was an expression of, of what was taking place in his heart and what he's been able to be involved in. Now, I know he's not the competitor, but he was directly involved in that. And that's a good illustration that as we run with passion, when, as we run all with passion, be excited about what God has allowed you to do. I think sometimes when we are spectators, it's easy to get just watching what other people do. And we get, you know, we're pleased when someone has a victory but ourselves, we're never really excited about what God is, is, is asking us to do. If you take that first step, Brother Danny, when you did that treadmill and you were able to do 40 minutes, did that do something to you? Did you get excited about that? It meant something? It, it, was, it enabled you to take that next step and go a little bit. I wonder how, I wonder how much further I can push myself. And each step that, where there was a victory, I'm sure Brother Danny would, would be able to testify that it allowed him to go further in that pursuit of, of, of maybe pushing himself. I guarantee you, if you take a step out and do something for God with a little bit of passion and, and, and running all in the beginning in the little steps, 
It will do, it will do something to you that will get you excited. And that can be, um, it doesn't have to be sport, it, it can be any part of your life. It can be business, it can be family. As, as there's small victories, you can get excited about that and it'll push you over a little bit more. But it is infectious as well. As you are victorious in small things, as your brothers and sisters who are in their race as well, as they see what you're going through, it can actually uh, encourage those around you as well. And be energised. The, the verse there says, know you, not, know you not that they which run a race, run all. Run all. Be energised. Run to obtain. You'll find most people who compete, not just do it for fun, but compete, don't normally run in the race to come last. Can you imagine getting to the Olympics and you're doing your, pre, um, um, your pre-interview and say, Paul, you're in the 100 metres final. We're like, what do you think about that? Yeah, I just hope I come last. <laughs> I've four years of preparation. I want to come last. That's my main aim. You, you would be laughed at. You, you would probably come last because of your mindset of where you're at. But run all. Run that you may obtain. Verse 25 tells us that. Um, they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we for an incorruptible. Run that we may obtain. Run that we can win the prize. Get energised. Understand that lost people are at stake within this Christian life. It's not just, in a, uh, it's not just a prize that we get from God, but there's a prize that, that people can be saved as well. Lost people are at stake. So that's the first thing, run all with passion. But then I want you to notice also, run all with purpose. Run all with purpose. I asked Brother Danny, what's your main goal? And he said to, uh, to better himself, to, to, uh, uh, to go further, to extend, to, to see what can be achieved. You know, the world, their purpose is to win a gold medal. There's always something that you're running for. I want to encourage you that... As you run in your Christian life, you, you aren't running for a physical prize. You aren't running for the congratulations of our brothers and sisters, but you are running for the congratulations of God. You want to hear that, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's the whole purpose. It isn't about what we can get up here on stage. It isn't about how, how we can get a pat on the back from, uh, from Brother Andrew or, or from Pastor Halana. It's nice when we receive that, but that's not our purpose. Our purpose is because we're going to do it all for God. We, uh, that's our gold medal. We want God to be able to hang that around our neck and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And that's found in Matthew 25, 21. That is the aim. That is the goal. That is the purpose. If we have any other purpose, it's just vain. It's just, it's really, we're just doing it for ourselves. It's about us. And that's what the world does. They want to... Um, I guess the main aim is for themselves, but in the Christian realm, it's not about us, it's about God. I do like the thought of, about the Olympics is that those that, that compete, they are competing for that gold medal, I guess, for themselves, but there is that aspect of they're competing for their country. It's one of those great things to, to be able to stand on the podium as the winner and watch your flag go up, your country's flag and the, and the anthem being played. I can understand and I can, I can truly feel that that would be a very, very um, emotional. It would be a very proud moment that you have represented 
for those that, that who are Australian, to represent Australia and to, to win something as the best person in Australia at that time at that event. There'll be, there's, I think there'll be, nothing, uh, there'll be nothing more greater than that. And it does get emotional. You see them stand there and, and obviously this time they were wearing masks and, but you get, a lot of people cried because they were representing their country. It was a very proud moment. Did you know when you're in the Christian race, you represent God. You are, there is a representation. There is a purpose behind it. There is a purpose for God putting you in this race. And that's to glorify God. Doesn't 1 Corinthians 10, 31 tells us we're in, in chapter 9, if you want to just turn over there. It says, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. That's our purpose, to glorify God. For the world to see not what, how talented we are as a Christian, but that the world can see how great God is. That's who we are representing. That's our purpose for doing it. We're representing God's honour. Running all with purpose tells me there needs to be a commitment to the task. Brother Danny, uh, as he runs, there are times I'm sure mentally he struggles a little bit, maybe physically he struggles, and we talked about strategies to help him be committed to the task. And we need to make sure that we follow that, that same thing. Be committed as a Christian. Be committed in that first small step. Maybe you're further along the race than other people, but wherever you're at, don't get complacent. Don't start falling backwards. Don't allow the world to overtake you, but be committed to the task. That's your purpose. Be committed. Maybe, maybe learn some strategies. What can you do to help you stay in the race? There are far too many Christians who start well and run with passion and maybe even start with a bit of purpose and yet for whatever reason just aren't in the race any longer or they're following a different course. Maybe God's put them on something and now they're way over here. They're way over running against whatever, the, the, um, I'm against the direction God wants them to be in and they've just lost sight of the track. Be committed. So run all with passion. Run all with purpose. Then I want you to think about this. I want you to run all with a predetermination. Run all with predetermination. Verse 26. I therefore so run not as uncertainly, so fight I not as one that, that beateth the air. Really like the, the image of being not as one, one that beateth the air. I've used this as illustrations before. When Brother Danny goes to run a race, before he gets started, especially in a marathon race, he needs to focus. Focus is the key. If there's no focus, it's easy to get sidetracked. It's easy to, to get off track. It's easy to let other things into your mind. If you're a runner and you've got a, a long, if you've got a 42 kilometre run ahead of you and you know the pains of the body that's going to take place, you know the, the importance of staying on track within the strategy of what you've learned to do, you've understood what the coach has trained you to do, as soon as you lose that focus and allow 
negativity to come in, you allow um, the thoughts of maybe quitting coming in. As soon as that focus has broken, then you're going to lose footing in the race. It'll eventually, I believe, you will drop out. But you need to not run uncertainly. I want you to imagine the runner who gets sidetracked by things around him. Can you imagine, Brother Danny, if you're running, and, and I'm not sure of the courses where they are, but if you're in past the KFC and the smells, curse you KFC across the road when I leave church on Sunday. All right, the smells can get us work on our physical body, our, our appetites, our whatever it is. You, it, it can be anything to, that can cause us to get sidetracked. Can you imagine a runner who just starts thinking about lunch? He's still got 20 k's to go and, and he's, uh, maybe his training was, I don't know what you eat before a race, or maybe some, some carbs or something to keep you going. But halfway through the race, you might get hungry. And then a smell appears and you start thinking, oh, man. You're, like, you're, like you're watching the markers, you know where you're at. 20 k's to go. What am I going to do? I'm so hungry. It can get you sidetracked and you can lose your focus. And the same with Christianity. We're, we're running our race and you may be doing well and something comes up. A smell of success and something else. A smell of anxiety over here or a smell of disappointment in that person or whatever it is can get us sidetracked if we don't focus on the task ahead. Focus is very important. No runner runs uncertainly. He knows what is required. He counts the cost. He knows that in this race, I have to do A, B, C, D and push through those barriers that might hinder me from, from succeeding in my race. We need not get sidetracked but run not uncertainly. What about fighting as, as, one that, as one that beateth the air? It's an easy illustration. I want you to think about a boxer who, who just starts and he just comes out swinging, just wildly swinging until he gets, loses his energy. The more you swing, the more, the more tired you're going to get, the more exhausted you're going to get, and eventually you're going to get beat. Most athletes, most boxers... As a, as Dan mentioned, that there's normally a plan in place. There's normally a strategy in place. Um, I think of, of Daniel in the Bible who purposed in his heart that he wouldn't defile himself. There was some pre-planning. Now, I'm, in my race physically, I'm at like five minutes on a treadmill. Okay, there's certain things there, okay, you've got to make sure you get on the treadmill, some planning there, switch it on, you've got to get at the level that's required, and then, you, and then you start. But obviously, as I progress, if I can get to 40 minutes, man, I'm going to be like a dream. 40 minutes on a treadmill, like I'd be on the podium, woo, I've made it. Man, I'd put on Facebook, I'd stand there with my little gold medal, 40 <laughs> minutes on the treadmill. But to me to get that, there's got to be a little bit of planning, I can't go from five minutes to 40 minutes. I just can't do it. My legs would be just like jelly. But there needs to be a plan that takes place. Athletes plan their strategy and make sure that they stick with it. You would, you would be right in saying if you don't stick to the plan, something's going to go wrong. If you don't... And, and sometimes it takes a little bit of thinking 
what's it going to take me to get through this? How, how am I going to strategize this? And normally, especially for races, big races, there's a lot of planning that goes in. I, it really interests me when, especially in the Olympics, those that compete at, at the top level, when, when they get interviewed, they say, I followed the plan. I followed, I, especially in the swimming and the running, they go, at, they go out at the speed that they train for. Others may go out faster, but they stick to their plan and you will find at the end of the race, they catch up to those who, who start out faster and who don't follow their plan and then at the end they end up becoming last because they haven't followed the strategy. They haven't followed the plan. Now, as a Christian, if, if you don't think about planning, if you don't think about strategy, then you won't be able to, to complete what God wants you to do. It's good to be in church. Church is a good place to learn about planning. Church is a good place to learn about strategy. It's where we open the Bible and God starts to share with us things that can help us achieve what he wants us to do. If we just think we're going to get through the Christian life without any input from God at all, without any Bible, without any church, you may start with this great passion, but eventually you'll be the person that won't finish. You'll be the person who will be overwhelmed with, with what's going on in the world, with COVID and, and with this thought and with the vaccination passport and, and everything else. You'll be those who get sidetracked on everything because you're not following a plan. And the thing that I've noticed with Brother Danny was that in, in having a predetermination, we learned this morning that Brother Denny didn't start out in the marathon straight away. He started out with some small steps and he had to practice. He had to run for 40 minutes on the treadmill first. Keep doing that. till his body was ready to take it to the next level. Maybe then go out on the road and, and do that 5K park run. Man, I could just dream about walking 5Ks, let alone running. Um, at the moment it's like 50 metres is, is, is the plan just to get around the outside of the house maybe sort of thing. That's my plan at the moment. But you've got to be practised. You have to practise at it and it, that takes determination and we need to have some determination as Christians that we're going to stick with it and practise. It may be just God wants you to just, just be in church regularly. Practise that. Maybe God wants you to open your Bible on a daily basis. Practice that, small steps. And then maybe God might say, okay, now that you're, you're doing that well, there's a strategy I want you to follow I want, and, and there's a next step. Let's increase what you do to go out soul winning with some of the groups or maybe teaching in a class or, or being involved in one, of the, uh, in one of the youth groups. I was going to say a one because it's not a one anymore. But being involved within the groups on a Friday night, being part of something that's a little bit bigger than what you are now. It just takes practice. And then the last thing I want you to think about is in, in verse 27. And this is run all with pride. Not a, selfish, not a selfish pride, but with, I guess, pride with God in, in focus. Verse 27. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Running with pride means 
I take this very seriously and I want to have God in my focus that I'm going to bring my body into subjection. I'm sure there's times, bro, as we've talked about, where there are times where your body just wants to quit. Where you just think, I can't do this. I would rather do something else. Three o'clock in the morning, Which Which number of you fit, not awake at three o'clock in the morning, but up and outside in the car doing something at 3 a.m.? Anyone else? One. Someone else had their hand up, okay, one or two. So you're already, so you're already doing something that, that none of us, who would, okay, who would like to be up at 3 a.m. in the morning? <laughs> Sorry, bro, you're, you're on your own there. But, but there's times, I'm sure, at 3 a.m., the, the alarm goes off and you wake up and you think, I can't do this. I just can't do it. I don't want to do it. Can you imagine if we took that mental attitude into the Christian life? God says, I want you to get up. You've got to go teach today. You have to go and, and witness today. And you go, I just can't do it. I don't feel like doing it. You've got to go to church today. Oh, really? The last place I want to be at. You've got to go talk to those Christians. Oh, but yeah, but they're, they're Christians. Like. You've got to make yourself do it. You've got to have some discipline. You've got to bring your body into subjection. And discipline is the key. Athletes learn to control what they do with their bodies. I know you went before a race, you do, there's lots of carbohydrates, but they're good carbohydrates. You can't just eat whatever you want. You can't just feed on, on junk food the whole time in your pre-training. You can't do that. Your body won't be in a position to do that. And when it comes to, I'm not talking about physically eating, but spiritual things that we allow into our lives need to be controlled. Our appetites need to be brought into subjection. Um, getting the rest, getting the, all the different things that the, the coach says we need to adhere to. And we know our coach is the Lord Jesus Christ. What he says in his word is very important that we bring our spiritual lives into subjection. There's going to be our own, our own preferences. There's going to be our own desires. There's going to be our own, even our own tastes that we like. And sometimes those things can be a hindrance and sometimes we need to say, those things I can't do. Those things are hindering me and they may not even be sinful things but there might be some things where God says, if for you to succeed in the area I want you to, to succeed in, you may need to bring your spiritual life into subjection. You need to take a little bit of control over it. Get the rest you need. Allow the right people into your life. Allow the right teaching into your life. Don't allow the wrong intake of spiritual applications from others into your life. And the more I see, there is so much diversity in belief out there today and we need to be careful. So discipline is, is key, but for us, discipleship is the key for us. I've already kind of mentioned this about following what God wants us to do, being disciplined where God, where, and, what, and where God wants us to go. And then also be accountable for, for our, our own actions. So when you're coached, Danny, when, when you go through a race, do you feel like you're accountable to your coach, like to, to, um, to give account like how you ran? Did you follow the plan? We need to be accountable to God for our own actions. But notice what verse 27 says, that if I, don't bring un, if I don't keep my body 
in a subjection, if I don't bring it in in a subjection, says that by any means when I've preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. If we don't do that, if the athlete doesn't bring his body in subjection, if he doesn't follow the plan, then he himself will become as a castaway. Someone who has failed to achieve what he set out to do. And as a Christian, if we don't learn to bring our body into subjection, not only do we just just fail at what God wants us to do, we can quite easily become a castaway in the faith. We can actually lose momentum. We can even lose direction and go totally on a, on a wrong path and find ourselves a castaway, someone who's, I get in my mind, someone who's all alone on a deserted island. You've been, you've been shipwrecked, you're the only survivor and there's just no one else around and you're lonely and you think, how am I going to succeed in this? How am I ever going to get out of this place that I find myself? And sometimes there are Christians who have just stumbled away from the truth or stumbled away from the, from the path that God had for them and by not bringing themselves into subjection, not, not bringing themselves into line with the word of God, can easily find that now they're in a place where, how did I get here? Everyone's running over here and they're succeeding and, and I'm not. You know what happens to the person that's like that? They get so bewildered. What's happened? What do I do? How do I get back over there? Can I even get back over there? And for most they go, what's the point? I'll just stay here. Or I'll just forget. Well, maybe it wasn't true after all and I'll just do my own thing over here. Where we can easily be found as a castaway. So it is easy to get caught up in our own little world as a Christian and we forget the end goal and what's really at stake. So many Christians start out very well. They start out with passion. They start out right. They get saved. They realise there's a, there's a cause. They realise, I'm going to be involved in this. God wants me to be involved. And they even get excited. And they get energised. There's a lot of activity. A lot of young preachers who feel they're called to preach, they, they kind of get that, that, I don't know, that little bug, that little, you know, God wants me to preach. And they might even get started and, until it seems to get a bit hard. Or they did, it wasn't exactly what they thought. Or they didn't get the limelight that they thought they would get at, at first and, and be the next big thing. And, and then they just seem to drop off. They lose focus. They forgot to take some little steps. And maybe you see soul winning as that or maybe you see the Christian life as... As it's, uh, we understand it's a long journey and you see others succeeding in it and you think, oh, I want to be like that, which is not a bad thing. But then when we get involved with it, we realise there's a bit of work involved, a bit of training, a bit of hardness, a bit of things I have to give up. And, oh, that, that's too hard. And people lose focus and they don't have the discipline and they don't bring their body into subjection. And I wonder where you're at this morning. Where are you at within the Christian life, within the Christian race? Are you even involved? Are you on the sidelines? Are you actively wanting to be part of the race? Maybe you don't even understand that there is a race. But at the point of salvation, God enlists you into that race. And he says, I want you to get started. And I wonder how many people who are at the starting line, just looking around, 
this is cool. Never, oh, this is interesting. And they see people just taking off and off they go and they go, I mean, that would be cool to be able to do that. God's already enlisted you. God wants you to be, to be involved. Maybe you're a little bit along the race and you started well and maybe through circumstances of life or people where you've gotten a little bit distracted or a little bit discouraged or things are a little bit harder or they're getting harder the further you go and you maybe you're starting to think, is it really worth it? Should I continue? Is this really where God wants me to be? Devil will bring those things. It's not by any chance that KFC smells like it does at 12 o'clock when we finish church. That's not chance. That's purposely to try and distract me. And the devil knows exactly what to do to distract you within your spiritual life. He knows which things to try and get you off track. And he will if he can. And maybe people have let you down. Maybe people have said things that are hurtful. Maybe people have, have, have done things that you just don't agree with. Maybe you've read something on Facebook that you just don't agree with and why do they do that and why am I so confused? And Let me encourage you, if that's you, stick to the course. Get back. Maybe you might need to start the training again. Get involved with the things, the, the simple steps that it takes. And if you're, if you're bewildered, what steps they are. Go and see Brother Danny, he can help you. Now, start with the simple things you know. Bible, church, prayer. They're the simple things that we all need to take to get involved in the direction God wants us to go. And maybe you might be thinking, I'm ready to take that next. I've been, I've been ministering, I've been doing the right things, I'm up to that 40 minute on the treadmill. I'm doing the small things of Christianity well. And I'm ready to, God, what's the next step? What's past the 40 minutes? Is it now the 5K park run that I need to aim at? Is it, is it teaching? Is it preaching? Is it, I really want to get involved in, in a deeper way? God will open up those doors if you're ready. But you need, to, you need to have in your mind what, and be asking God, what is the next step? And then as he reveals it, start making some plans. What do I need? Ask those who you know can help you achieve that and what are the steps I need to take to get this done. And I wonder where you're at this morning. I'm going to pray. Thank you for allowing me to do the interview with Daniel. Thank you for that, bro. It was good. I think it kind of helped cement where I was going to go with it. And I pray that God may have spoken to you and challenged you. I'm going to pray and ask John to come and lead a song and then Andrew to close. Lord, I'm thankful for the opportunity to stand before our church. Thank you for the truths we can find in the Bible and, and some simple ways that we can explain it to understand it. And I pray that it was, uh, it was able to be understood this morning. I pray that you would use it. Please bless our church. Bless us in, in what we need to do um, in our Christian race and walk. And I pray for all the different stages that each of us are at. May you help strengthen those stages and please bless those stages and allow us to be um, the Christians that you want us to be. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.